The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. next week I will be the mother of a son don't jinx it what if that baby is still in there in two weeks no that would be horrific for everyone I told you what Michelle said right no best friend it's a woman married to a woman and they're very very liberal very you know all the things that you associate with Austin and uh, all the things that I also stand for but I was like, forever ago, I was like, I'm having a boy. And she's like, well, we don't know that. I'm like, mm, we do. It's uh, the doctor confirmed. But she's like, well, we'll have to see. I'm like, nope, we, we know it's a boy. I think for a couple uh, of years, you can, you can assume it's a boy. And then I'll tell you what, I will stay out of your family and your children's right to gender affirming care. And everyone else can stay out of mine. If my kid is a boy. And I call him a boy, and one day he's like, I'm a girl. Then we'll talk about it then. But don't come for me because a doctor said there's a penis. And I'm like, oh, a boy. Mm, that's problematic. Relax. I'm not the enemy, okay? But just having her be like, we don't know that. I'm like, if it was a girl, you'd be like, oh, my God, a girl. <laughs> I think it's Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I'm convinced that no woman has ever gone into labor. And I'm convinced I never will. And, uh. I've never been more disappointed to have gas. I'm like, I know you're not a contraction. I know you're just a fart. <laughs> Wait. You know it in my heart. You posted a juice today that you enjoyed, and it was a word I didn't know, and I was trying to figure out if it was a fruit I didn't know or the name of something. It is a fruit you don't know, and it is a word you didn't know, and it's a word that I didn't know. It's called a calamansi, and it is a, I guess it's like a Filipino fruit. It is orange on the inside, but it looks like a lime or sometimes they're orange, but it's a citrus and it's, it's this juice. And I didn't realize it was combined with honey, but still, and every Sunday Noah goes to the farmer's market and the last two I've just gone with him. And there's this stand at the Hollywood farmer's market, which is the good one. Sorry, Studio City. <laughs> and it's called JJ's Lone Daughter. And this woman, Laura runs it. And it's like some of the best citruses and avocados in the state and she has these like hand squozen fresh juices 
and I grabbed one. It is called Calamansi Nom Nom. So we're going to ignore the fact that it says Nom Nom. <laughs> and it only comes in a small thing. I don't love the plastic, but I, it's scrumptious. It's thirst quenching in the way that Gatorade's supposed to be. Oh. But it has that real fructose. It's just, anyway, uh, we also get that in, in dry jujubes. So we are a full Filipino family. So when your little son is playing soccer, you can be like, um, I'm not bringing orange slices. I'm actually bringing calamansi slices and calamansi juice for the children. Everyone's going to go, where's the Gatorade? Get out of here. But we don't put that in our bodies. I buy a bowl of her juices. She makes pog. She makes all these fresh juices. And they're just scrumptious. And um, she gives my daughter free kumquats. Always, I mean, that was nice. But I also, in my stocking of you, the fact that Noah made you a, a double-decker taco, but a nice version. Like, he truly is. He's the perfect man. He is the perfect. He offered, he said, what do you want for Valentine's Day? Because we don't go out because we're not chumps. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, and he's like, let me make you an upper decker taco, which for the any girl listening, an upper decker is normally when you take a shit in someone's toilet tank. So in our house, it's it's a double decker taco we call it an upper decker. And it's like full white trash ingredients, like white flour tortilla, refried beans, all wrapped up, uh, wrapping up a corn shell, hard shell taco with cheddar cheese, smoked cheddar cheese, lettuce. And I'm just, and then I had nachos two nights this week. Good for you. Let me just say this because I, I can't make this my bottom of the cob. Okay. Here is, I, I think social media, you know, there's different waves of things that we do on social media. Like nobody takes like, not nobody, but selfies as much. People don't take pictures of their iced coffee, except unless you're me. You like won't let that tradition die. Nobody does duck face. Nobody, you know, there's certain things we don't do. The comments section seems to get it less and less. I'm just going to put this out there and I appreciate that some of my fans listening never, ever, ever, ever forget that you're following a comedian. And I contain, I have depth to me. So you'll know when it's a serious post because I will not be making a joke. Like, hopefully you understand that. But the amount of just free volunteering of opinions, <laughs> when I post videos, in, I would never, and I know I'm like shooting myself in the foot because you want people to interact with your page. Whatever you post, I would never be like, if you're like, I'm feeding my cats this food, I would never be like, when I had my cats, I gave them double food. Here's a picture <laughs> of my son. When I had my son, he loved ice cream. People just sharing this stuff as if I'm going to respond to that. I posted a stand-up clip. Now, remember, you know me as a stand-up. Like, this is how I afford to have the time to do a podcast because, <laughs> and it's with me, it's literally like a 15 second clip. And it's just me saying, I'm, this is my second baby. And then the audience cheers. And I do like the tiniest bit of off the cuff crowd work. The amount of comments that were just about, I've had three babies. I've had one, two is enough. One is too many. Here's what I did. <laughs> it, it's like removing the joy from stand up. Like there's this weird thing with women's comment sections where like it gets very serious like i do we have these kind of comments and like male comics comment sections like i've got four kids and men are just like i don't know here's what i did don't shame my choice it's just i would never volunteer anything i would never write a full paragraph about my life under a clip i do see it with women i'll see like you know all the actresses i follow 
um, all the middle-aged actresses, whenever they post anything about like a loved one dying or for other people be like, my aunt just died last week. So I know. Like, and then I see these poor actresses replying back. Like, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Like, don't like go get support from your own family. Get now, now, now look again. Like you said, this does not apply to the podcast here. We want your tragedies. We're all in this together. But you're DMing but, them in. We're asking for right. them. It's, it's the right. wrong vehicle. Right. Just screaming into the void in a comment section like the most horrible thing that's ever happened to you is so uh, weird. But even a horrible thing at least has some color. People are just stating facts. I have four kids. You're like, okay, (laughs) Melissa from Tulsa. And I posted this like little carousel of like us going to salsa eat beer in the valley and eating a bunch of Mexican food. And the comments, especially from other women, like, yeah, I posted me and my belly is kind of out because it's just gross and funny. People like, I bet she didn't eat all of that. You know, and it's just like, no, you bet wrong. And I just get indigestion later or like your boobs are so big. Just like, what are you? I know I put it out there, but it makes me... I do share probably 50% less than I used to because who wants to sign up for people not even having an opinion as much as just stating garbage? Right. It's a Shouldn't new, eat that. Bet you didn't. It's a new forum. They're like, I can say something here and other people will see it. I can, especially when people think they're funny and they're like, here's my funny little comment. I hope the other people in the comment section like it. Like, And it's usually rude or bad comedy. And then yeah. I can't write back because then it's like, what made you look? It's just like, listen, if you're a man leaving a comment for the most part, you probably want to fuck me. And everything else is mostly innocuous. And then I have like friends and that's always fine. But it's just... What are you doing with your life when somebody posts something and you just fire back with like, I had cherries for breakfast. I won't <laughs> eat them for lunch. Maybe next year. Like, who are you talking like, here's, to? Here's the problem with that though, okay? Because that is what drives the algorithm. That is what drives engagement. So like whenever I post about movies at work that are streaming on our channel, I post it's streaming on this channel. And then people go, what movie is this? Where is it streaming? Oh, and I'm like, you're the stupidest person on earth. But guess what? You just got me another comment that just pushed this higher in the algorithm. Even though you're asking, captions like, this is a clip from Fern Gully. And they're like, what movie is this? Never heard of it. Yeah. I'm like, read. Do you know how to read? But I want their comments. You do want the comments. So I know that this is dumb for me to be like, these comments are dumb. <laughs> Say something productive versus just volunteering. In for, you're, you are just screaming into a styrofoam cup. And that is the other thing. It's like laziness. I'm like, hey, like I posted that I voted. People are like, do you have a voter guide? I'm like, (laughs) if you don't have the wherewithal to look up a voter guide, I don't want you voting. Like if you are too, like I'd be interested to know who you voted for. Absolutely not. I am not passionate about like circuit judges. Like this is a local election. And and so... Even as I'm doing it, I'm like, am I qualified to like look this up and make a decision? <laughs> I'm little tough stuff. <laughs> the wrong one. The answer is they're all the wrong ones. Um, anyway, just think about like a lot of stuff we do on the internet. Like when people tap their nails, like what are we doing? Think about when you leave these comments, like what are you doing? Like have intention. Is the intention to get attention? Okay, I could I can fuck with that. But when you just volunteer, like I, I had pita bread. bread, I like it toasted. Like, okay, you don't look that big. The amount of people are like, you dropped. I'm like, the fact that I can't tell if I've dropped or not means I'm not in touch with my body as I thought. The baby? Your belly drops. 
How do they know like where the lower. baby's at in there? <sighs> it's also like, yeah, I guess that's the risk you take when you post a picture. But like, let's go back to the days where it's just all pervy versus just like <laughs> random women being like, virus hot. Anytime you're going to comment on uh, Eliza's post, instead Oof. come to the at Ask Eliza page and comment there just to up the up the visibility. <laughs> yeah, we don't get a lot of comments on there, but we, get, we do get a lot of questions. We and uh, I'm excited to answer them because this is the last week I'm going to sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people like will sexual be but congested. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, they're going to be so sad. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. 
Uh, we have a few follow-ups. Yes! Good question. Yes! Okay. So, if, if this doesn't kick your drive to your nursing station into high gear, ladies, <laughs> nothing will. All right. So, we had had the question asker whose mother had ALS and father was caretaking for her. And she thought that her father was getting just not patient with the mother, getting a little aggressive with her, just kind of like, you know, but he also wouldn't accept any help in caregiving for her. So he was with her all day, every day, getting more and more frustrated. And our question asker was like, how do I approach this? How do I keep her safe? How do I keep him sane? Okay. This is the lady with the feeding tube. Yes. Yes. I just want to provide an update. I really appreciate that my question was read. It helped to hear you all's perspectives to give my dad some grace. My mom passed away from it her ALS a few weeks ago. It's been a weird mix of emotions. And when I feel sad, I remember Eliza's previous advice to people to feel it and process it. I too don't want to come back to this soon to be on fire plastic sphere. My dad and I had a- Earth. Yeah. Earth? Yeah. (laughs) My dad and I had a heart to heart. Is she talking about my fear of being reincarnated? I'm like, fuck, I'm back on Earth. I was hoping to go to like- that must be, yeah. Zebulon 5, like another planet. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. My fear of coming back. Go on. (laughs) My dad and I had a heart to heart and I think he felt alone with his struggles and stress and didn't know how to ask for help. He is obviously sad and processing, but I think since the stress of caretaking is done, he's better able to be present. I know others have mentioned that even though this is a comedy podcast, the advice you give Eliza is really meaningful. I appreciate that you help your listeners to have a kinder perspective on tough situations and the laughs are nice too. Thank you again. I hope by the time you get this update, your family is one tiny human bigger. We're so close. Hope that on your next tour, you're in the Northeast so my fiance we. and I can... Oh. I know, we. The podcast baby. Um, She's like, the joke, <laughs> your, your comedy's nice too. It's a nice addition, but we'll take the, the death advice. But then just an, an important follow-up. P.S. Not sure if this is appropriate. Eliza has coined the term South Mouth, so it feels in a similar vein, but the latest episode called Lip to Lip... I honestly yeah. thought it was going to be about a steamy lesbian couple, not two straight people That's, kissing. I was rooting for these let, two yeah. hypothetical ladies, and I still will. because we let again. Emily name it. That's why. <laughs> I love When I saw that, I was like, yes. I hope I everyone knew. thinks it's about two claim diggers. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about your mom. And I, I think everybody listening to this, when you said she passed away, I feel like there was like a sense of relief. And so... I, that, and I, I'm sorry. I think, you know, you had talked about giving her dad grace. Remember, she was thinking about maybe not inviting him to her wedding. And so I think, I'm sure now it's, you know, you're glad that yeah, you gave him that grace so that you can now no. process this together. So I just, I think that's, um, it's an important follow-up no, because it's, really. it's tough. It's a good follow-up. You know what? It's closure for everyone. And turns out your dad's not a bad guy. Emotions were running high. No one could blame anyone for the way they were feeling nor should you because that is a awful situation to be in. But the most important lesson of all is that uh, you listen to us <laughs> and you're still listening. That's my big takeaway. Yeah, Anyways, that's it. Okay, and we have another follow-up. This one, again, that email labeled follow-up to lip-to-lip episode. People really <laughs> took to lip-to-lip. Now, hi, Liza Emily gang. I'm writing in regards to the military commanding officer abuse question. Ooh, Okay. So I, too, was an officer, female, in the military and faced inappropriate abuse from my higher officers, leading to the diagnosis of several mental health diagnoses being passed around mental health professionals with severe bias. 
The more I talk to women in the military, particularly officers, the more I hear stories about their mistreatment trying to be swept under the rug. Just want to write in and say you're not alone in this fight, even if the system is designed to make you feel like the only, quote, insane one. SWAN, Service Women Action Network, is an excellent organization that stands up for female service members on Capitol Hill and has made huge amounts of change for the better. Oh, and congressional inquiries take months to process, so looking to reach out to senators yeah. for quicker feedback. So then this person kindly offered to send their info to the question asker, so I will oh. forward your email along just so you have someone else to talk to. That's awesome. And that's the power of this podcast and the type of women who listen to this. Like, we just kind of gave our off-the-cuff advice, but that's from someone who knows. I also love that it's swan. They're like, we are women. Like, we don't want to be called, like, ugly bird or like egret. They're like, right. it has to be feminine. And also like the idea of being women called crazy because they don't love being abused uh, predates women being in the military, probably predates even people being in America. Just, you know, whether it's a diagnosis of hysteria, women being told to come down. I think I saw some meme the other day that was just like, oh, you're not allowed to have an orgasm or read like or own land. Why are you so upset? Like calm down. So it is a modern version of, why are you acting crazy, crazy? Yeah, we actually had three or four people reach out about this question who all have experience with this. So I will be sharing with the um, with the original question asker right. in case you want to And that's talk. what you want. Yeah. Like sisters in arms, literally and metaphorically, who are like, yo, we have some inside info. So I love that. Okay. Yeah. On to the juicy stuff. On to the juice. On to the juice. Backyard issues, not a euphemism. Eliza and Chef Hubby, is half of what you are eating coming from your backyard? I'm in Long Beach and we trade on Thursdays my kumquats for my neighbor's jackfruit, my blueberries, apples, peaches, and lemons for persimmons and carrots and green onions, my bell peppers and tomatoes for chili peppers. I really wanted to get uh, juicy. I love that. Are you out there? What are I, you doing with yours? Uh, never trading anything for a jackfruit. I think it's completely overrated. I get that it makes great like vegan pulled pork. Uh no, we do have fruit <clears throat> and a tree that used to give us avocados, but it stopped. Um, we don't have that much fruit to try. We always have lemons, which is the sign of a true Angelino. But Noah does a lot of recipe testing for the cookbooks that he writes for people. So we always have food to give neighbors. I don't know that they trade back, but I think they like being our neighbors, which is fine. Because the last thing we need is food. Um no, but I do like that. I like the idea of trading. I also like the idea of neighbors that you literally, like my neighbor literally asked to borrow a cup of sugar today. And Did I was you like, have it? Get off my porch. No, I was like, get the fuck out of here. No, someone got to her first. Um, what? Did she hit up multiple but, houses? No, but my neighbor, I have this one neighbor where I was just really like, do you have Tums? Do you have an aspirin? Like, it's just me, like as a grown woman being like, I need someone to help mother me. So. Yeah, we moved in. We were the couple that was like, ding dong. Hi, we just moved in. Do you want these corn blueberry muffins? Everybody knows. We will invite, when he's like major recipe testing, we'll be like, bring over your own container so you can take home some of this she crab soup. We can't keep this. So, so just know if Armageddon happens, our house will be heavily guarded because we gave snacks. <laughs> Who's guarding it? You? It's mostly me. It's mostly me obtaining a gun illegally and not telling my husband. Oh, God. My neighbors, they'll be like, we got to protect the kitchen. Hi, Liza and gang. Longtime listener, first time question asker, although Emily read my bottom of the cop about accidentally keeping your alarm on. I saw you in D.C. and laughed so hard I cried. I can't thank you enough for the laughs after a long week. 
I, 31 female, no master's degree, working in defense, not healthcare, am getting married on June 1st. I've taken your advice to only keep the traditions that serve my fiance and I, and decision-making has therefore been relatively easy. However, a situation has emerged that has left me stumped. I have a friend who I invited to the wedding, let's call her Izzy, that has recently ghosted me. It was a relatively new friendship. I met Izzy through friends of friends, and she had become a regular group hangs and thought we got along well. When I sent out Save the Dates, she never wound up responding. When I sent <laughs> when I sent two separate messages asking for her address, but she is a notoriously bad texter. I'd seen her not too long before that and everything seemed normal. I therefore got Izzy's address from another friend and sent the save the date. Since then, Wait. I- mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. You sent a save the date via text. Um, no, ask was texting asking for the address to send the save the date to. So you never sent the save the date. Well, so no, she, hold, so I'm trying to clarify. To, we're about to. She's about to say she said it. But you asked for her address twice and she didn't give it to you. And you still right. were like, I need this woman at my wedding. I therefore got Izzy's address from another friend and sent the save the date. Cool. Since then, however, Izzy has not responded to a single one of my texts and seems distracted and cold the only time I've seen her since, which was at a friend's engagement party. I didn't ask if everything was okay between us because I believe if someone has a problem, it's their responsibility to discuss it with me. It also didn't seem like the time or place to have a confrontation since we were there to celebrate the newly engaged couple. Here's my question. Should I send her an invitation? She's going to take me this way. I don't want her at the wedding. What is, what is, why are you writing in? No, this person doesn't, either can't be your friend, doesn't want to, or is a bad friend. No, because you're going to write in and be like, so Izzy came, she left early, she didn't send a gift, and she left her mule parked outside, and I can't return it, I can't get her out. No! She is shouting silently that she doesn't, she's a weirdo. Well, it's not, so they have a shared friend group, so it's like she might want to go because the rest of the friend group is going. So does does our question asker owe any, like, explanation for not sending a thing after sending a save no. the date, or can you just stop this? Oh, by the way, thanks for your sage wisdom, Claire. This Claire, Claire. No. And I'll, <laughs> no. I'll do you one better. Even if she were in your friend group and normal, you still don't have to invite her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing, like, I have friends that get married and I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. You can talk about it with me if you don't want to invite me. Like, I understand these things are fucking expensive. And not everyone is special. I don't know what kind of like free for all open barn ceremony you're having where you're just inviting anyone. No, what a pain in the ass. God forbid you tackle this girl, you hogtie her, you get the address, you send the save the date. She has the where, she doesn't respond. So now you're weeks out. You're like, we're missing three of these. I can't find Izzy. She won't talk to you at your, do you hear yourself? And then let's say she says, yeah, I'm coming. And then she doesn't <laughs> or doesn't send a gift. No, too many variables. And if she ever brings it up, be like, I sent, because you did send the save the date. Yeah. Be like, you never responded. That's it. Fuck this girl. Ew. Yeah. That's a pretty clear cut. Nope. It, it might not even have any malintent. She might just be a fucking flake and you don't need that. No. I'll tell you, like, I've, I had my, at my last birthday party, I needed to have like a secure, like security guest list. 
And there was this one f- more work associate who like confirmed three times. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to confirm. I'm going to confirm. And then just never did. And I was just like, Hey, just never forget that. I remember you did that. We are not cool. No, God, no. Oh, Claire. <laughs> Hello, lovely pod crew. I've been listening since episode one and I adore the two of you. Need some advice on an odd situation. Back in November, my truck was the victim of a terrible hit-and-run accident, and I'm finally getting it fixed after months of going back and forth with my insurance company. They won't cover any car rental fees, and the body shop will have my truck for at least two weeks. Back when this happened, my wonderful boss so graciously offered to let me borrow one of his vehicles while mine is in the body shop. I decided to take him up on this offer, and ever since then, my coworkers have been acting differently towards me. I don't know if they feel like it's favoritism or I don't deserve it. It's not like it's some really fancy car or anything. It's an FJ Cruiser. I showed up at work with his car today and my coworkers are being completely rude to me with snide remarks. I work with you loved them. I work with an older female who said, what did you have to do to convince him to let you have that car? Told you. And then she looked at me with the strangest expression. It was almost as if she was insinuating sexual favors or something. I laughed awkwardly. From the beginning of this question. Yep. Doc really just said, well, he offered a long time ago. I'm taking him up on it. How do I shut down the comments and just go about my business? My coworkers have all been nice to me up until this happened. I'm Googling FJ Cruiser to see what you're riding in. I mean, it doesn't it's matter. Kind it's of a, a cruiser. But it's a very, here's the problem is that it's not just a Corolla. It's very distinct. So you'd see that and go, oh, that's the boss's car. Not that that's your problem, but it is, it doesn't help anonymity, anonymity. It doesn't help you go under it's the radar. dude car. Yeah. Uh, how big is the company? I mean, look, if everybody was cool and then they did this, is your boss good looking? Is there are a you reason good beyond looking? that? Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but you really I get the vibe that you work in a small office. I get the vibe. Maybe you guys are close. You may have to just fear God be like, it's incredibly inappropriate that you're insinuating that. Like, that's my boss. Like, he did a really nice thing. And I think that says more about the way that you view him than anything else. Yeah. You need to be like, you need to look, these are your coworkers to be like, that's incredibly inappropriate. Like, that's so gross. Yeah. Like, he did a nice thing. Like, yeah. I, I guess I don't know enough about the tenor of the conversations you normally have with these people or what kind of office it is. I mean, the, you know? the, the full flip side is that through no fault of your own, you do get treated differently than everyone else. But that is a problem they can have with your boss and not you. You don't sound like you're taking advantage. I mean, he said, you need to get to work. You had a truck that's in the shop. This is a truck kind of, I assume you need it for work. He's letting you use it. Like it's a company car. You know, nothing untoward has happened. I mean, if it's a casual, I mean, I could see myself at the next like mandatory Michael Scott office meeting, just standing and being like, um... My, I was a victim of a hit and run. I don't have a way to get to work. Bob let me borrow his car. The people who are making, and you know who you are, jokes that like, what did I have to do to get this? The answer is be a good worker. It's really gross, you guys. And don't come at me with that. Like, it's a, it's a fucking weird joke. I be, It's probably sexual harassment. Like, it's probably HR worthy, but you don't want to probably bring it that high right now. I mean, You could say it straight back to me. It'll be like, that's a really weird and appropriate joke. Yeah. Or what do you mean? Like, what do you think I had why, to do? Yeah, what do you think I had to do? Lip to lip? You have a crush <laughs> on him? <sighs> and it's also a shame because it's a shame that it's an older woman saying it. Yeah. Because it's like that misogyny delivered via female. 
Yeah. That's shitty. Unless you guys are fucking. You're not telling us. And you're super hot. And he's super hot. And you're gonna fuck. And you got this free corn. Let us know. Let us let us track us down to give us a save the date. <laughs> When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Please help. I need to break up with a friend before our weekend trip to Nashville. Hi, AI oh. crew. <laughs> okay. Long time listener, first time question asker. Going to keep this short and sweet, but love you all to pieces. I'm a 36-year-old female. And in 2022, I had a midlife crisis and moved from Arizona to Rochester, New York. I hated my job wow. and the dating scene and just needed a change. I have an amazing group of friends back home who are all supportive. I wanted to go from a thriving dating scene to <laughs> Rochester. Rochester. I was like, I need more geese around me. Okay. About a month into moving to New York, I started using Bumble BFF to make friends. The time I was living with my parents working from home, I met a woman, we'll call her Anne. She's a 38 female and single. So our question asked is 36. This woman's 38. We okay. hit it off and had a lot of fun comparing dating horror stories. She showed me a lot of cool places in my new city. I started dating my boyfriend shortly after I met her. We still hang out about two to three times a month. 
When we hang out, she tells me about her dating stories and nightmares, drama with other friends. I'll update her on things that go on in my life. Over the last few months, I found myself not really that excited to see or hang out with her as I know it's going to be the same old thing. I don't feel like either of us have a lot in common or like we have a real friendship or connection. She's very dismissive toward me when I tell her about things going on with me and my boyfriend. We have a two-week trip to Europe planned. I'm moving in with him this summer and we're saving to buy a duplex. I try to be sensitive to the fact that she's been single for nine years and isn't having much luck dating, but I also want to be able to share the exciting things going on in my life. To make things more complicated, we have a weekend trip to Nashville planned in about a month. We're going to a concert and spending the weekend there. I do not want to go on this trip anymore. We planned this trip months ago. We've already paid for the bulk of it, about 900 each for flights, hotel, concert tickets, all of which is non-refundable. I love to travel. I would love to spend a weekend in Nashville with any of my other friends, but I'm not excited to spend time with her anymore. I don't want to sound mean, but she's boring. She constantly complains about being overweight and out of shape, but never takes me up on my offers to come to a yoga class, go for walks, or go to the gym together. Like just, She just wants to use our hangouts as time to complain about her other friends and her job. I just don't enjoy the little time we do spend together. I'm not looking forward to spending four days with her in Nashville. Four? Jesus. Should I break up with her, send her her flight info, I book the tickets, and eat the $900 I've spent so far? Should I go on the trip and then break things off? Please help. Thank you for your wisdom. Mel. So you've outgrown this friendship, and it's a bummer because it served a purpose before, but this happens often with girls who... You know, you got a boyfriend and she doesn't ever have a boyfriend. Some women are perpetually single, you know, single for nine years. And please leave me alone. If it's like, I was single for nine years, then I met my husband. Leave it in the comment section. She has self-esteem issues and she's negative. And you maybe were at that place when you met her or didn't really see how bad it was. And the closer you've gotten, the more you're like, yeah, this is not my vibration. It sucks because I could see her writing in to be like, my friend just ditched me. And I was really looking forward to going to this Avenged Sevenfold concert. So what do I do now? Uh, You should never have to spend time with someone that you don't share any blood with um, and don't really owe anything to. You shouldn't have to go. You might just have to eat the $900. It sucks because then she has to also eat the $900. But you could say, I... I'm just, I, I can't go for whatever, you know. Um, but what I'm willing to do is you, someone can have my ticket. You might be her only friend, which is kind of sad. But the truth is, no matter how you do it, you don't want to go. Unless there's a way to redeem this. Like, unless she could be super fun. Like, is she fun to drink with? Is she fun to, do you really want to go to this concert? If you don't want to do any of this, it's shitty. And I would say go if it was like overnight. But four days and traveling together and this person sucks. And you can't, can you bring other friends? No one else is going to pay to go to Nashville to not go. I mean, here's what I'm wondering. Could this be a last hurrah where you just are honest with her? You don't act like you're walking on eggshells. You treat her like the friend you want her to be and you see how it goes. And if it doesn't go well, yeah. 100%, you know for sure this isn't where I just, I, I'm not saying this is right. I would personally have a very hard time bailing on that trip, knowing that yeah. I had made that commitment and that now she, like, is she really, she's going to go to Nashville by herself, spend four days by herself, go to the concert Here's the by question. herself. That's hard. Is she this bad or are you sort of building a case against her mm. because you're like, and I have this boyfriend and I don't want to go? Because if you let it get this far, you there's something redeemable about her. So taking a page from what Emily said, is there a version where you 
as a woman, are not afraid of your friend. <laughs> and when she's negative, you don't want to come down on her. Like, wow, you're negative. She's like, where's this coming from? Is there a way to see the good in her? Is there a way to have fun? Is there a way to get drinks? Is there a way to have the trip? That you, you planned four days with her at some point. And it wasn't that long ago. Maybe she's going through something. Hopefully, since you planned four days, you had enough activities planned in the interim between the beginning and the end of that trip. Well, and she's the one that introduced our question asker to like cool bars and spots in the city. So it's like, maybe she's, maybe you're going to do some really cool restaurants. Maybe it's going to like a really great time. And she's just also happens to be there. Or maybe like she's lame. You can look at your phone or you could give an assignment. Like we each have to find three dive bars and don't be afraid if she's being a, like a sincere bummer to be like, dude, like forget the weight thing because that's, that's, beyond your pay grade. Like if she's overweight and hates it and depressed about it, like you're not a trainer, you're not a nutritionist. She doesn't need you to tell her that she's fat. That's, I don't like that you're like, and she, you know, repeatedly hasn't accepted my help. You don't want that. You don't want her at your house every morning at 5 a.m. running with her. Leave that alone. Try to just be like, it's going to be fun. I mean, it sucks too because you have a boyfriend, so it's not like you can like make out with dudes in Nashville, but maybe you have an objective every night of like meeting people or getting a hot guy's number for her or just getting blasted. Also, get a hangover. That way you can spend half the day in bed. <laughs> Take her to the aquarium. And leave her there. And leave her there. I don't have a question, but I'd like to extend my thanks to Eliza for previously sharing her philosophy on pets and why they're in our lives at certain times. We recently oh. lost our senior rescue dog who we were lucky enough to have for the last few years of his life. From traveling on airplanes to being quarantined during COVID and everything in between, this dog was at my side for so much. Losing and finding a new job, a move, pregnancy, welcoming a human baby to our family. I can't help but think he knew he was done with his work on this planet, or perhaps the universe planned it that way. I felt similar to my previous dog, who saw me through my 20s, and a whole other set of ups and downs. It doesn't make me miss them any less, but it's comforting to frame it in such a way. So I guess this is all to say thank you, Eliza. You are, of course, right. Thanks to you both for sharing your wisdom and Emily. Please keep telling us your cat stories. Maybe that's the one oh. thing Eliza is not right about. We love all oh pet stories. God. Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I hope you stay anonymous. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, ever since getting my new office and I had to sort of do an edit of the things that I have because we have less room now in this office, there comes a point where you're like, I'm just living in a mausoleum of my dead dog. Like I did have to get rid of some of the oil paintings of Blanche because I don't feel what I used to feel when I look at them. And that's just me being honest. Mm. So I hope that you get that place to that place too. Cause then it doesn't hurt. I don't, it doesn't even feel good. It's just, it's almost nothing. Oh, I don't want to 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 ear horn too hard, but I will say, I appreciate something about the show, which is that there are certain, I think there's subjects like this, like miscarriage, like there are abortion, like things that you've talked about that it's not even like a very special Eliza. It's just a very natural like discussion in the course of the show. I think anytime we've discussed heavier issues and it finds resonance with someone that it is a more casual yeah. conversation and not like, okay, we have to address this. I appreciate that. I mean, I really just think more things should be normalized. Right, right. Like, these are all like the bumpy patches that make up our lives. Like, 
we sh- especially when it comes to like women's health stuff, like we shouldn't be embarrassed and well, death. And it's like, let's talk about it. And I know people have asked before, like, do you remember what the episode is where you talked about this or that? And I'm like, no, because probably you talked about your dog dying and the episode was called like lip to lip. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't know what it was called. It's called vaginal intercourse part one. Right. We mostly talked about the dog. Yeah. All right. Well. Hello, Eliza, Baby Arm, and crew. You guys are so incredible and have gotten me through some tough times in the past with your concise and practical advice, which is so on point. In saying that, I propose to you my current predicament slash quandary. We'll see if they can stump us. Some context for you. I am a 25-year-old female working as a paramedic in Sydney for approximately two years. During uni and while training, I was so focused on my career and studies that I've been single for five-ish years. During my training year, basically an apprenticeship after uni, I worked with one mentor, 31-year-old male, for approximately four and a half months, with our shifts being 12-plus hours. During this time, my feelings went from platonic mentor-mentee to having a bit of a crush on him. We worked great together, didn't even need to speak to know what the other person was thinking, but he was in a committed relationship, so I squashed the feelings and decided we were just going to be friends. Since I qualified about six months ago, I moved to a different area and we kept in touch over text. Since then, he has broken up with his previous partner and the texts have become increasingly flirty. We've recently caught up for drinks and it's just so comfortable to be around him. He isn't shy about compliments and I always leave with a dorky smile on my face. I guess my question is, do I dare potentially ruining this friendship by being honest? Do I give him a bit more time to recover from the previous relationship? Or am I just overanalyzing the whole thing and he's just looking for a friend? I'm so bloody out of my depth on this one. Eliza always seems to have a clear read on most situations. Please help this hopeless Ambo. Thanks for everything and good luck with baby boy. Anonymous. Ambo, that must be Of course. Ambulance. Ambulance. Of course, the Aussies are like, yeah, it's an Ambo. (laughs) Uh, He likes you. Yeah. I don't know what you look like, but you're Australian, so you're probably pretty stunning. Yeah. And he's probably pretty hot. You're Australian paramedics. Like, that's basically Baywatch. Um, yes, men will hang out with women that they are not sexually attracted to if, you know, because it's like, yeah, she knows a lot about sports or football, whatever you guys call football. But even you said the texts are flirty. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's also, I'm sure the texts were flirty when he was with her, which is something you should keep in mind. I mean, he likes you. Right. Nobody is hanging out with a 25-year-old girl at age 31 just because, like, you're an old soul. So I guess the question is, I mean, it seems like he's keeping a distance because you're not working together. You said you live in a different town, but you meet up for drinks. I I would put it out there, not in an aggressive way. Especially if he compliments you. Like, a platonic male friend's not going to give you, like, compliments that make you blush. And, and there's no way this is such an incredible friendship. You guys are not BFFs. Exactly. Come on. Yeah, you're bonding over the fact that like someone overdosed and you both knew what to do. I, I just think in life, like our life is so short and we spend so much time like, oh, I don't know what I should do. Just go for it. And and yeah, it would suck if he was like, uh, I definitely don't have those feelings. And you could be like, really? Because either he was wasting your time or he's into you. At the very least, you probably should kiss to figure it out. But this isn't like a lifelong friend that like gave you a kidney. You're like, I think I have feelings. I'm going to blow it up. Friendships come and go. I know I always sound like friendships are expendable. Uh, and a lot of them are. But like we evolve, we grow. You're 25. Yeah. 
most people are not looking, most people in their 30s are not looking to just like befriend a 25-year-old girl for the wisdom. Not saying you're an idiot. I'm just saying has all the markings of a he likes you. Right. So lightly put it out there. Dress like a little bit cuter next time. See what he says. Men typically don't spend time with women that they're not interested in having sex with, especially at that age. Well, and especially because it's like, of course, like, of course, you're a hot paramedic. You're working with another hot paramedic. He's mentoring. You're working 12 plus hour shifts. Like, of course, you, you should go get, out yeah. on a date. <laughs> you bonded. Well, and they don't they don't go on those shifts anymore. That's right? what I'm she, saying. Exactly. Move. Right. No. So it's like it won't even it, you had intense bonding over traumatic experiences. And now you aren't even working together. Perfect. What a perfect situation. I thought you were going to be like, and I've moved. Should I keep this friendship going? And you have. You took it out of the ambulance into the bar. If you guys were just platonic, you'd go get coffee, but you're going to get alcohol so you can loosen up. Loosen up that B and that V. No. Loosen up. Get in there. Get in there. He likes you. He likes you. Let us know. Okay, we have another critical follow-up. Hey, catching up on episodes since having... Well, no, they didn't say it like that. They said, hey, with an exclamation mark. Catching up on episodes since having my daughter in December. In Marine Mammal Moaning, that's the name of an episode, Eliza mentions skunk spray smell. It's more than likely a fox if you smell it, but don't see a skunk. Skunks don't typically spray randomly, just like you said they don't. Mm. Sorry that's happening to you. Alternatively, but less likely it's a river otter. If you're near a stream or river, then this is possible. I didn't know foxes did that. I'd have to Google, like, are there foxes in where I live? I feel like we have gray foxes, but I might be thinking of the relist, the gray wolves campaign that I was part of. I got to Google it. I do think we have foxes because I think, I don't hear them though. Hmm. Maybe because we have coyotes. I have to do like a biodiversity search <laughs> and see what kind of animals we got land. running around back there. Well, I told you when like, I think it was foxes were breaking in our backyard just to like sit on our couch. When is that when they but were I don't remember pooping it, and frolicking? It may have been coyotes. In night vision, they all kind of just have beady eyes. I'm like, is that a small coyote or a big fox? Yeah. <laughs> I know people are screaming right now, like, look at the tail. Well, it's hard when it's on like shitty, grainy, black and white night vision footage. Okay. Next question, please. Am I the asshole for telling my husband that I shouldn't have taken his last name? Backstory, I didn't know that how'd my you, husband- <laughs> How'd you say it to him is the question. I didn't know that my husband's last name was made up until I already changed my last name. The reason for the name change I found out was that his dad was caught in a sting operation with a 15-year-old girl and changed his last name to get back into the military. My husband says that he wants to change back to the original family name when we have kids and doesn't know that I know about the sting operation, which is why I haven't brought it up since that conversation. And by the way- the dad was a pedophile? Yes. Well, was caught, oh, yeah. By oh the way, God. my father-in-law is creepy and I don't want him near our kids when we decide to have them. Should I change my last name back to my maiden name? Mm-hmm. There's two big issues here. Yeah, okay. First of all, you got a pedophile in your family. Um, I, so, okay. Not, so, well, first of all, we have to stop saying, am I the asshole? Because Reddit can fuck off. Well, what else can you say? Was I wrong? That's, that's a subreddit too. W-I-W. There's a subreddit, was I wrong? There's one, am I the butthole? There's one, it's everything. There's everything on the internet. Everything's been taken. What about I-W-Y-T? Eliza, what do you think? <laughs> really trying to make Is it, it okay 
Do I have permission? Uh, all right, do you want to go or I want to go? So the way I, I'm just saying, the way I understand this, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe what has happened is they had a last name. Dad did something bad, changed his last name. They all yes. have that last name. Yes. Now, now the husband is like, well, when we have kids, we'll go back to the first name. It's right. Like, Everybody gets this but you, Emily. Said, Everyone knows what happened. I was trying to follow the who knows what, but hasn't said that it's because... What has he said? What he said when he said when he said, "Hey, can we go back to my other name?" Like, but didn't explain why he has two names. That his dad's a pedophile. Oh. That's yeah. I guess I missed that part. So you, the husband, doesn't know that you know about right. the sting operation. Yes, that's fucked up. Well, first of all, your your husband is embarrassed. Yeah, he's deeply embarrassed, and. You said, I don't want your last name. Was he like, what prompted this, dear? Or was he like, ouch? It doesn't matter. You're entitled to your feelings. Um, It's antiquated, even though a lot of people do it, to take a husband's last name. And, you know, that has to do with women being looked at as property. I think it's lovely and old-fashioned, and I would have done that if Galutin weren't just as big of a nightmare as Schlesinger. Um but there is something to be said for you all having the same last name. Bills are easier. Things are easier. It's nucleic, whatever. Uh, the bigger conversation needs to be your husband talking about his feelings about that. Because he's obviously deeply embarrassed. And your husband did nothing wrong, really. Well, it's your dad. It's the grandfather. I mean. Uh, he, he, did, he did nothing. He did nothing wrong. Uh. You all, you don't have kids yet, and it could, he he should have said it to you. But I'm saying he did nothing wrong in that. It was the grandfather's mistake. And he, at some point, your husband's last name was Smith. And then the grandfather's like, now it's Macintosh. So he wants culturally to get back to whatever his last name is. I have, I think that's okay to take the original last name. Um, You're going to have bad apples in your family. Like that's awful. He's a pedophile. But if it's a fake last name, like ethnically, you're not really connected to anything. And then you have to tell everyone about the pedophile thing. You need to talk with your husband and let him talk to you about this and say to him, like, you didn't molest these kids. Like, I'm on your side, but you have to share these things with me. Also, though, because it sounds like you're saying he hasn't told you what your father-in-law did. You're saying, oh, father-in-law is a creep. So you're around father-in-law. He wants to change the name when you have kids. Does he intend for your father-in-law to be around your kids? Because that's a much that's bigger what I'm conversation. It's a bigger conversation and it's it shows immaturity that it's like, maybe he was like, well, I was going to say when we had kids. No, especially as husband and wife, like you should know everything about each other. I'm interested to know how you came upon this information and you're living with a man now who is like keeping this thing from you, probably out of embarrassment. Men, never forget, men get very quiet and weird when they're embarrassed. So you need to get it all out with that come to Jesus and move on from there. Could be a thing where you make up a new last name, you take the old one, um, but you you definitely, the amount of questions we get on this where it's like, you need to talk to your husband. Your husband has to be the adult here. Yeah. You got to put all your cards on the table, like the Friends episode where like, they don't know that we know that they know. You got to be like, I know. know that we know that they know that he that slept with a 15-year-old and now our last name is McGuire. <laughs> Hi, team. I've been listening for quite some time. While I find some little nugget of wonderfully applicable advice in every episode, I'd like some zeroing in on my biggest life conundrum. My 37-year-old sister is a rock star of a human being. She earned her doctorate at the... Is the baby going to come out? 
He kicked so hard that I was like, oh no, am I like squishing him? But I'm like resting my belly on my thighs as I'm talking He's to you pissed. like a toad princess. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. She earned her doctorate at the ripe old age of 26, all while having a pretty significant disability. She's married to her high school sweetheart who's been around so long he qualifies as more my brother than my brother-in-law. So much more I could write about my sister who is not only the biggest shadow of my life, but simultaneously my hero. I am an almost 33-year-old primary care manager with a master's in healthcare administration. So our question asker is a younger sibling. Growing up, no, I think— your question asker is 33. Well, and the sister is 37. I thought you said 26. Oh, at 26, she got the At thing. 26, Sorry. she got the doctorate, yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but. Growing up, I think we had a pretty typical sister dynamic. She was cool. I was a pain in the butt. Standard. When I was in college, our relationship really tightened up, and I would honestly classify her as my best friend. I was the maid of honor in her wedding. We hung out regularly, had weekly dates for breakfast, and then she made a human. My nephew is quite literally the coolest kid I've ever met, and I love him to pieces. I am, however, convinced that pregnancy permanently changed the chemical makeup of my sister's brain. Over the last decade, she has pushed me farther and farther away, and I don't know how to cope. Well, actually, I do. I have phenomenal friends who show up for me like my sister should. I continue to be a great sister and am perpetually sad when she kicks me to the curb. I'm a responsible human who does very well for herself and has been trusted with the care of tiny humans more times than I can count, except when it comes to my niece, six, and nephew, nine. I watched my nephew on my own when he was maybe a year old because I gifted his parents tickets to an event and the night his sister was born. Then fast forward five years last fall when I was asked to watch both kids, then one other time around Christmas. Without getting into the detail of it all, it has come out in the last year or so that her husband is a bit of a hot mess express, so much so that she now refers to him as her third child. I have this sinking feeling she's hiding some scary shit from me, and that's why she keeps me at a weird distance and is hesitant to let me have the kids alone. They're rather intelligent, chatty people. I think she's afraid they'll slip on her secrets. Ooh. I own my own home, uh, have for some time. This particular one I've been in for two and a half years, and my sister has never once made an effort to come over. The previous I was in for seven years, she spent time there once. I was in a five-year relationship. She refused to spend any time with a man outside of our parents' house. Even after we were engaged, she couldn't be bothered to have dinner with us. I choose to go to her house about 35 minutes from mine whenever the opportunity presents. I go to every t-ball, baseball, football, basketball game her kids play in, every dance recital. And would run as fast as humanly possible if invited to have a glass of wine, dinner, or a girls' night. But those invites don't happen anymore. When I ask what changed, she tells me to stop being dramatic. I've asked repeatedly for one-on-one -on -one time with my nephew and niece, and I've never gotten it. Most recently, I asked if for my nephew's birthday, I could take him to a hockey game. She told me she, he wouldn't want to go without his sister. I said I would take both of them, and she told me that was a bad idea. The end result was that I can take both kids and her to an indoor adventure park. Pool, whatever. Why cool. do I need supervision? Having recently listened to the episode Ready to Flip a House, I recognize that a mama bear is a mama bear and owes no one explanations for her decisions. I think mm. we cut that, so I'm going to cut this. What I struggle with, though, is how to Well, no, you can leave that we cut it. It's fine. My mom was the one that— We can leave okay. all of this. We cut a thing that I— were. We don't She's, even need to reference just, it. No, I like that. Uh, we cut something from the episode because my mom said I didn't come off looking great. And I was like, well, I don't feel like arguing about this. But she's referencing something that we cut out where I was vehemently opinionated about something involving my daughter. And I was like, I don't owe you a fucking explanation. 
And my mom was like, you just come off as very angry. And I'm like, well, I was, and I'm still not talking to that person. Anyway, go on. Right. And this resonated with this person. What I struggle with, though, is how to navigate wanting to be a pillar of support for my sister, knowing she's going through a really rough season she doesn't want to talk about. And yet she treats me like I am some incapable child who couldn't possibly bring light or support to a world. My friends and my parents praise how I continue to show up for her, even though she's been so sour. It's getting old. I'll never walk away. She's my sister, but damn it, I'd like her to actually be a sister and not just an entitled jerk. I struggle to balance mourning the relationship I want to have and embracing the crap she gives me without leaving her in the dust. How do I continue to behave as the sister I want and the way I believe a sister should be when my sister continues to discredit my space in her life and general ability to be an adult without simultaneously being a doormat? P.S. Seeing you twice in Denver. We'll make it a third when you return. Sincerely, sad little sister Stephanie. Stephanie. First of all, I appreciate the context because um, the plot thickened as you spoke. Um, It's interesting that you're like, oh, there might be something going on. Whether it's abuse, I don't want, I don't know why I'm going there. Whether it's, I feel like I'm a psychic, like I'm seeing an A. (laughs) Whether it's abuse, the husband's a loser, she's embarrassed. Those could all be things. The other version is she doesn't necessarily respect or trust you. And it was great in college. I'm just putting this out there without knowing you. Yeah. You have a job. It seems like her job is a bigger job. She is a, if it isn't the thing that you think it is, where there's like a secret, she's a mother of two. You have no children. So there's, there's already that rift where you kind of are like, I don't know if I trust this person. It's tough because they're not like, they're not like toddlers. They're like kids, but there is, these are my most precious things. I don't want to give them to someone who I kind of already don't really trust. And you're like, I want to take them places in my car to public places so they can use a public restroom alone at a hockey game, whatever. And she's like, oh my God, this is a lot. She doesn't trust you. She thinks you're bullshit. She thinks you're the younger sister that doesn't have, by the way, did you marry that guy you were in the relationship for five years with? No, she's, there's, a, there's a side note about how that could be its own episode about all the bad decisions. Okay. So she's looking at you. You're the younger sister and she doesn't respect your life choices. And I actually vibrate with, I rarely want to meet people, significant others. Mm-hmm. I sure as shit don't want to spend holidays with like, this is my boyfriend. I've been the young girl that brings the boyfriend to a holiday. And I don't know that I'll be as giving when my kids are like, it's my boyfriend from college. You're like, cool. Let me know when you guys are living together. It's hard to make space for the nascent stages of other people's relationships when you are married with children. It just is. And that's not for everyone. It's hard to make space for somebody's animal drama when you have a kid who's sick, you know? It's hard to make space for hearing about anything if you have something bigger going on. It's not right. It's not not selfish, but there's that. She's got this big job. She's got the two kids. But moreover, she doesn't respect you or your life choices. And you must have done things, enough things, that she's like, I don't have time for this behavior. Not even bad things. What, Emily? No, I just, I have a very uncharitable take that I'll get into when you're done. Less charitable than mine? Kind of. But are, are we agreeing? Uh, okay, here's, I mean, yes. No, I, I think it's less personal than this person thinks. And my very uncharitable take is. I wasn't done. Well, yeah, I told you after you're done and then you ask. So okay, finish. fine. Fine. I just want to say I wrote down all these things. You don't have kids. She doesn't quite trust you. Um, and as far as the chemical change thing goes, it, d- it does change. You have so much less room 
I know that sex in the city makes it sound like Charlotte had these kids, but in real life, her idiot friends are the most important thing. It, it does change your brain. And you want your kids to spend time with people who have kids, places where you can see them. You've done something where she's just like, I, I just, you did something and she's just like, I, I don't trust it. And it stuck with her. That's it. Yeah, I, I think my not nice take that is not necessarily true, but I wonder if a little bit of it is true, is in reading this question, the way you're presenting yourself, um, it seems like you very much want to be the martyr. So you didn't get the attention. She was 26. She's a rock star. She has a disability, a significant disability. She overcame it. She did all these incredible things. And your your reply is, I have a really good house. I have a really good job. I'm incredible. I'm there for her. I don't care if she pushes my face into a pile of cow shit, I will always be the best sister for her. Everyone praises me on what a good sister I am. I am there. How do I keep being incredible for her? Like there is an element of, are you being an incredible sister because you are so desperate to have a relationship with her? Or are you being an incredible sister so you can say, I'm the incredible sister. Look what mm. I did. Look what I do every day. I'm not saying that that's it, but I wonder if how much if there's a note of like falseness and hollowness, like you say you love your nephew, that's awesome. I don't know why you love a nine-year-old. They seem like they suck, a nine-year-old boy. But right. But let's say you do, you really want to hang out with them. Is it because you want to take him to a hockey game and post a picture and say, me and my fave nephew love this boy more than anything? You know, how much are you uh, turning this into something for yourself and not for your sister? And this is, of course, this is not, not who you are, not what you're doing, but just in reading the question, that could be a take if your sister was looking at you uncharitably as a martyr. Could be valid. We don't know, you know, what I never want is people to write in and be like, you misdiagnosed and you got murdered. We don't know you. <laughs> no. So we're just looking at it like this. There's also in relationships, whether it's a friendship or a sisterhood, um, there's sometimes people like, it's not so much outgrowing people, you know, being close in college when you're both drinking, whatever, and you're younger, like it's a little bit different. There are people in your life. There will be people in your life who always go out of their way to be close to you. And it could be because they love you. They think you're amazing. They don't have much going on. And it's not, it doesn't make anybody ever want you more. No one's ever like, I'm the friend. I show up with cupcakes. I call them every day. I ask them and, and our relationship just got better. So... I do think it's worth talking to her. Well, so, so far, right. so far she did. She's like, what's changed? And the sister's like, stop being dramatic. You can't say what's changed. Yeah. I think you need to say, I think, because then you're putting it on her to contextualize this whole shift, you know? Because what if it isn't the husband thing? I think what you say to her is, I look up to you. I think, I think, because we don't know what it is, but... But I see, and again, the way you're seeing it may not be the way it is. She might be like, no, I let you come over and see them. I let you take them for this. Like, I don't know if it's these swaths of time where you don't get to see them. Because if it is, then then you've definitely done something wrong. She doesn't trust something about your decision making. Um, or does she not let anyone take her kids? Because there is a thing of like, you're talking about how she, she has to be there yeah. to supervise you. When my... Dad, I was in the car with my parents today and my mom is literally like, uh, Steve, there's a yield coming up. Do you see that? Oh, did you get your or credit you, card? Like, it's just, I mean, she's that's just, just husband like, and wife. well, but I'm just saying like, she might just not trust anyone with their kids and just be like, 
Don't let them drown. Do you create more work? Are you like, it's okay, I bought them candy. Oh, they made a mess. Oh, I made more of a mess for you. Like, are you a good steward to these kids? We don't know. But I do think what matters here, you're feeling inferior and you miss your sister. It's hard to say to her, like, I need special time one-on-one. Like, you want that bond back since from, from before she became a mom. And you may not get that because you are just in different life places. But what can be put out there and it'll make you feel a little bit better is not telling her that she's wrong. It's just having a talk and being like, I see that there's a change. I love you so much and I look up to you. I love these kids. I mean, do you love them because you want her to love you? Do you really love them? I bet you do. And just be like, I, if there's something about me that you disprove, disprove of or a way that I don't take care of them, I would just like to hear it. I don't know that I can change it. I don't know that I can be a different sister, but I kind of just want to know it's not all on my head. And if she, if she gaslights you, she's like, it's in your head, then she's kind of annoying. But I think you lay your cards out on the table, not coming from a place of wanting to change it or assign the blame for your own edification. Like you just kind of want to know it's not in your head. Yeah. Because you'll feel better if she's like, yeah, you might be defensive. You might be like, yeah, you know, I, and you can even say like, is it that I don't have kids? Now I know that women who don't have kids are going to get angry about this, but it could be that she could be protective, but you have to come at it from a place of like not assigning blame and just being like, I just want to know, because I do want you to know that I love you so much it's- in whatever capacity I, I do want to be there, but I'm, I'm not going to force this on you. I, it's interesting because thinking about that, like, okay, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't expect like you to trust me with Sierra because it's like, I yes, I don't, I don't even know. But yeah, but it's like, yeah, I can do personal assistance. I don't know. She's, I don't, I haven't hung around a lot of kids. Oh, hi, sweetie. I just get how it's like, I think that there are things that people are s- surprised that they don't know about unless Egg. they're like babysit a lot or have a kid. Oh my God. Egg. You're Hold so on, I'm sorry. Cute. What? What are you saying? That's for um, plugs. That's for plugs. Yeah, that's, that's what for- I use for the recorder. It's for a plug. It's for a plug. <laughs> no, no, no. Do not touch the Zoom recorder. Do you understand? No. You don't understand? Well, then you've got to go. It's keyboard. Your keyboard? That's my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, touch my keyboard. You just want to touch my things. No. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? My keyboard. It's not your keyboard. It's my keyboard. <laughs> she finally understands possessive words. She always says your, and now she finally understands mine, but it's my keyboard. Up. Yeah, on second thought, I don't trust you with, mommy, with this. Mommy, up, mommy, up. I heard you. How about please? Please. You've got to go. All right, go back to daddy, please. Go ask daddy for a jujube. I was just saying, like, I would understand... I am great in a lot of areas. If somebody said they didn't trust me with their kid, I would not be offended by that because I think it's a different set of skills. God, I would never want anyone else's kid. Like I was literally (laughs) talking about this yesterday. I was like, (sighs) being around other people's kids, I know it comes with having kids, but it is exhausting, especially when they're this little. And if they're not the exact same age, you're just dealing with like two totally different sets of emotions. Yeah. I'm just not interested. Anyways, um, and by the way, if anybody's cringing at that, you'd be fine with it if I were a man. Like there's <laughs> this there's this requisite that women are like, hi, sweetheart. Oh, and how old are you? 
My husband does not speak to anyone else's well, kids. Well, and when the kid is like, ah, bah, 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 bah. oh, really? Like, hey, ah, bah, 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 bah. Cool. Great. Yeah, no, I'm not cool. into it. Oh, you want to give me that? I'm only into my kid. You want me yeah, to eat I'm that thing you kid. picked up off the floor? Thank you so much. Your kid has to be so gorgeous for me to be like, okay. <laughs> um, anyways, this is about you feeling inferior and cast to the side and you're wanting everyone to see, look what I'm doing. And your sister's like, I'm just trying to live my life. Give her a little bit of grace because she's a working mother of two kids. It does chemically change you forever. And your sister has seen things in you that just makes her kind of not take you seriously. Um, and don't try so hard. It sucks because you miss her. Yeah. You can create space so you guys can have a glass of wine once every few weeks or something. But the harder you try, this, there's no version where she's like, wow, you tried hard enough. Now I'm back. Right. Let's give out hand jobs like we used to. Kick it. Have the cob. This the top with a cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Okay. Bottom of the cob. My bottom of the cob is the innocuous texts of people being like, how you feeling? <laughs> Did I do this already? You definitely have, but I feel like you could have done this even when you weren't pregnant. I you don't I'm like sorry, a, it bears repeating. That's I fair. really don't. I don't like an emotionless check-in. Just like I don't like people being like, oh, you got married? Congrats. Right, I'm like, wow, like that must have. Right. It's basically because it's performative emotion. It's being like, Hags. I did the thing I was supposed to do. What? Hags. Hags. Like, oh, I'm so busy. Hags. Oh, great. Oh, you, you birthed a child. Oh, congrats. Uh, uh, uh. I don't fucking need it. And I've had <laughs> friends reach out, meaning well, but like, how you feeling? Big day coming up. Almost here. I'm like, are you threatening me? <laughs> I'm coming to take like, that baby out if you don't give birth soon. I want it. Like, it's just so emotionless. And I'm like, now I have to like stop down, use my energy to be like, so I just send back a thumbs up or I just stopped answering people. I sent a friend who had a C-section this last weekend. I sent her the perfect text. I said, don't write back to this. I know you're busy. He told me about everything that you went through. I'm so sorry that happened. But she's beautiful. I'm glad you're safe at home. Mazel tov. And she just wrote a heart back. And that's okay. That's perfect. That was in depth. I got a text from a friend. This is the only one that's ever felt good this entire pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And if you're my friend listening to this, is please, it one of the listeners? It's fine. Calissa and Jamie, this is not, <laughs> this <laughs> is not listeners? for you to like write to me and be like, wow, I really, this is not about you guys. My two favorite listeners. I, yeah, I said, uh, my friend, Laura, you said, I think about you and that baby every day way too much. Hope the waiting isn't too hard. Love you. Like that's emotional versus how you feeling? Coming up any day now, feeling good, ready to pop that baby out. I'm like, are you heckling me? <laughs> don't make me have to respond to your lack of energy with any energy. So I just don't write back. Over. Yeah, I feel like though I can Check tend to go too far the other way. Like I have a close friend who I knew was was going in to be induced. And I was like, well, so I don't want to bother her day of. And then it's like the day after I'm like, well, I don't want to text her now because what if something went wrong? And then it's, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to send a message while whatever is happening is happening. So then I just don't message. And then it looks like I'm not interested. And I am. And I'm just so worried about offending. Right. No, no. And I think there's that. But I think if you really send something with just a modicum of emotion. Like, hey, I was thinking about you. Yeah. I hope you're doing great. Like something that shows that you're not a fucking android. That's always fine. Not just, hey, like I haven't talked to you in weeks. I don't need it. It's so rude. 
Yeah. What answer do you expect to get back? Like, I haven't told anyone, but actually I'm having a really hard time. Like, what's having the answer going to be? I had so much gas today. How you feeling? Like, fine. It's up there. And I've said this before with like, when you take a trip, like, how was Europe? How was the continent of Europe? How's New York? Yeah. How's life? Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Be specific. This all goes back to intention. Like, what are we doing? Do you want to say that you that you checked in? Do you actually care? Probably not. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Mine. Skip the fan one. Okay. It was a long app. We'll skip it. My bottom of the cop is the, the feeling when you are putting off doing something you need to do. A task that you know is going to take time that you really don't want to do and you're like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. But guess what? In all the intervening time between now and then when you're supposedly enjoying yourself, you're thinking about how you're not doing that task. So you're not enjoying now and you're not enjoying the future whenever you do that. Like I need to edit an audio commentary for a film. I need to sit down and edit. It's going to take at least like five hours. I should start it. Why not do an hour today? I'm like, no, no, I'll do it tomorrow. And all night tonight, I'm going to be like, I have to do that thing tomorrow. So it's not like I'm going to have barrels of fun tonight, but I'm just putting yeah, it, off. Put it off. I feel like you've talked about this before. I might have. This is our repeating one because I just, I am so bad about that where I'm like, I will, I'm going to enjoy myself now, but I don't because I worry. Yeah. The amount of things I will get done, how the how productive I can be when there's one thing I don't want to do. I'm like, I should power wash the entire house. Well, oh, that's <laughs> another thing. I love that. Yeah. Getting when you're not, when you're not avoiding one task. So you actually do other terrible tasks. That is the only way I get things done. I mean, my well, gutters cup, have never been cleaned. Yeah. My bottom cup, I figured was going to be seeing poor things with my parents, but it went pretty well and they both liked it. So it doesn't need to be my bottom of the cup. It was so good. Yeah. I'm sure it's always fun to watch. Like a really long sex scene with your 2, parents. 2,000 sex scenes. And I'm just, just like, like, is that how I got here? Oh, no. My top of the cob? Yeah. Well, let's, because I have a sound clip. So you go ahead. So What's go. your top of the cob? My top of the cob is trying new root beers. I've been getting root beers at a hardware store and I've been trying them and I've been taking little notes like this one's not very good. And this one has a wintergreen flavor and this one tastes like Ew. nothing. And it's uh, that's my new my new hobby, looking up stores that have root beers, different root beers and then trying them any- out. <laughs> Any that can compare to Barks, like with that bite, because that's no, what I Barks like. No, is, Barks is the ultimate. So I'm trying all these other ones. Like, is there a no. competitor? Because people are like, oh, I like Spreckers. I like Hanks. I like one that's only made in the mountains of North Dakota. And I'm like, okay, well. I don't really know what's we'll in root. I love root beer. And that's funny you say that because we went for Mexican last night. And I was like, do you guys have any sodas? I was like, do you have root beer? Because if they have Barks, I, if anyone has Barks, I always get, get it. it. She's like, we have, we have Mr. Pibb. And I was like, no. what year is what? it? What? No. Pibb. You know, it sucks a mug, an A&W, barf, barf, barf. I hate a creamy experience. <laughs> My top of the cob is, and I know you want to hear me fetch about society, but mm. we go for a family walk every night so I can get blood moving and so Tianfu can take a dump, bring Sierra. Does I don't she, know. I, is she, she walks. walks along? She walks. Yeah. Oh. She walks and balances. Yeah, she walks and, um, and runs and falls. And then the walk is over. Um, <laughs> I, I can understand everything that she says, which is funny because when she first started talking, like the nanny understood her and I was like, oh no, like what if I never fully understand her? But I do. Like I speak fluent Sierra. I always know what she's saying. And she said, 
like she's always asking about coyotes and I'm like, you've never seen one. I know there's coyotes in the area, but like you're fine. I was like, they're really afraid of you. Like I work really hard on being like, you're not afraid of bugs and these animals are afraid of you. Anyway, she looks at me and she just said, where are the coyotes? And I was like, there's no coyotes. And then she just went, the goose of the coyote. And I'm like trying to interpret it. I'm like, okay, what is she? She's saying something that I'm not understanding phonetically. And she enunciated. She was like, the goose of the coyote. And I'm like, okay, is this like a cartoon she saw? Is it a dream? And she was laughing hysterically. (laughs) And it was, you remember you did that like probably with your sibling, like you'd have an inside joke and, you know, you'd say something like, um, like a sphincter says what? Like it was like a thing. And she was having her own personal joke at my expense, the goose of the coyote. And I was like, what is the goose? And I was hoping she'd be like, it's the thing at the school. Like, she would say it and I'd be like, oh, you mean the mood of whatever. Goose of the Cody, this girl was laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> and then she puts the full sentence, which offered no more clarity. She goes, the goose of the coyote is a dragon. And I'm like, that's deep, man. The goose <laughs> of the coyote is a dragon. She's like a green one. And I'm like, you're little, you have like a little imagination or you just lack the vocabulary to explain something you saw. But if you ask her now, she just laughs. She's like, the goose of the coyote is a dragon. And it's like the first time it's like, mommy doesn't, you don't understand, mom. It's my generation. <laughs> Parents thing. just don't understand. We have a small clip here. She gets very microphone shy, but I get her to say the dragon part. Here it is. The goose of the coyote is a dragon. Is a dragon. Anyway, that's the episode, folks. You guys. Next time, if you're probably going to hear an evergreen episode, but or a really angry non-evergreen episode, yeah, we're going in, and I, uh, I'm going in with my eyes open this time. I'm packing snacks. I'm bringing my own juice. I, I'll never forget the horror, how angry I was sitting in the recovery room, which is always awful. It's always a Guantanamo fucking closet. It's hot. They called my room to get my credit card number. <laughs> As if this hospital hasn't been billing me for every every checkup, everything I've done for the last 10 years of my life. Can you give us the last and three I thought, again? I, I thought it was so trashy. So this time I will be unplugging that phone. You want this money? You can come get this money. I'm calling <laughs> my room at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Like someone screwed up in billing. Like, ugh, she's going to have just that baby work. for free. Just work on bringing me a shitty breakfast call my room to ask for money like it's a bail bond shop get out of here oh anyway excited to bring this little boy into the world we got his name all picked out have I you told anyone shoes. or no just you have you told like your a parents or anyone noah has told no one and i can't keep of course a secret. of course he uh, i didn't the middle name is a secret and i didn't tell my mom because i was like you will share it <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a nice secret. And uh, it's not, people will hear it and they won't think anything of it. But to one person, it will mean a lot. To one, to Vladimir Putin, it's going to mean a lot. <laughs> and uh, I bought little shoes in New Zealand, little like knit boy Converse. And I'm bringing them to the hospital because someone reminded me you need to bring an outfit for him because I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, right. Myrna's coming back. Can can little baby boys wear like the same baby clothes as little baby girls? Yes. It's pretty interchangeable. For the most part, especially when you can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. I mean, it doesn't matter. Are like pee flaps or whatever? Or it doesn't matter because they got a diaper. Same pee flap. And also like, it's such a scam, like dressing your, to- like your infant. 
They don't leave the house. Right. Put them in a bag. For the most part. They can wear whatever. Oh, little shoes. I'm like, they don't use their legs. So <laughs> these are like socks. They look right, like shoes. Right, keep they're, them warm. Yeah. He's going to wear a lot of Sierra's old stuff. Look, I'm not going to dress my little boy in pink and be like, it's okay. But plenty of her stuff was gender neutral. Yeah. Because I dress kind of gender neutral in colors. So we're very excited for him and his little body. Oh. And we're going to get it going. So this is my last podcast to you as a mother of only one human. That's it. It's made me tear up a little bit. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh, Emily. Like, you were there when I just, like, it was just, like, the two of us in a house with Blanche. <laughs> and then you were there when I had my miscarriage. And you were there on my wedding as the only friend helping me with my dress, even though I mean, you were there as a guest. <laughs> I can't believe I wasn't there when Sierra was born. That was rude of me. I should have been in that room. room. You were waiting. there when I found out I was pregnant with her? True. And it's a shame that we don't get along better. I know. That we just one hour a week are forced to talk to each other. I just want you to know whenever, whatever step you take next in life. Because I, you know, I, I'd like to think I've been there for you. If you, know, you bought your house, I send you a gift. Yeah. I secretly forget when your birthday is. Then I find out <laughs> and then I act like I remembered, even though I saw someone post it on your Instagram. Whatever your next step in life is, whether it's a polyamorous Wedding, commitment ceremony, whoever, I'm just, I will be, you don't have to invite me if it's a pain in the ass, but I will be there for you. <laughs> Can you imagine Whatever if I didn't step. invite you? That would be so insane. I, I would respect it. I'd be like, I get it. We talk more I, than I talk to most people. We talk every yeah, week. Can, we talk every week and you're always there for me to be like, I fucking hate this movie or this person. And you have never been like, no, I like them. You're always like, yes, and. And that's meaningful. You're a real person, Emily Higgins. And even though you're the worst person I know, you're I think you're my favorite person. I have I think the you're plaque. Everyone's favorite person. That's true. It's above my desk, uh, so I look at it every day. And and I hope, you know what I really hope uh in this in conjunction with the tour that's gonna announce first uh for Jesus Christ. When are we you? announcing that? I need to know. It's like the bigger this baby gets, like the more words escape me. Like they're escaping out of my butthole with every part. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be great to do live Ask Eliza Anythings at like a smaller venue. And so here's to upping the podcast this year. Here's to more of this, more hot updates. Yeah. One more baby. <laughs> one more I this remember. one or one more after? I don't know. I don't remember anything I just said. Just more. <laughs> more. And, and, and just so people know this is what a functioning, healthy female friendship looks like. <laughs> You don't have to see each other when you come in town. One of the mom, both of the moms are obsessed with the other one. <laughs> My mom keeps being like, if you asked her what the baby's name is yet, I'm like, no, I'll, I'm not going to just text her like, hey, what's I'll that baby's name? I'm, give me your mom's number. She, was, she might go to TMZ just out of excitement. So we can't let her know. TMZ would be like, uh, who? <laughs> All right. All right. Get those questions in. No question too big or too small. And remember... Yeah. The goose of the coyote is a dragon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.